Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello, this is Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. We're talking about persuasion, motivation, influence, the things we should have learned in school to take your life and your income to the next level. This is Podcast 372. Good news today. We have a special guest. His name's Jeremy Slate. He's the founder of Create Your Own Life Podcast, which studies high performers. We've talked about that before. If you want to be a high performer, you do what other high performers do. And it includes CIA director, even a three-time Indianapolis 500 winner. He studied literature at Oxford University as a former champion powerlifter turned to new media entrepreneur. He specializes using podcasting and the new media to create trust and opinion leader status. He's also a contributing editor for New Theory Magazine and Grit Daily. After success in podcasting, Jeremy and his wife, Brielle, founded Command Your Brand to help visionary founders Use the Power Podcast to change the world. Hey, Jeremy, welcome. Hey, hey, Kurt. I'm so stoked to be hanging out with you today, man. Let's let's add some value to your audience today. Let's do it. Let's hang out. Let's get some good content. Let's talk about future, new media, trust, a lot of different things that we could talk about, but we have to start off with, all right, Jeremy, tell us, what is the worst vegetable on the planet and why? Celery, uh, because it has no nutritional value. It actually takes more calories to eat it than it puts in your body. That's why a lot of weight loss people love celery. <laughs> so it fills you up with all the chewing to get that crunchiness, I guess that fiber into yeah. your body. Well, because it's a very like water rich vegetable. Like, uh, so there's actually more water in it than there is like any calories. <laughs> right, so peanut butter, something on it to get a little value to it. Yeah, that's what you need to do. So salary's on the list today. Awesome. I like it. So let's talk about the future and the new media. Let's talk about that first. The the new media, the future. We got COVID things happening. What is this new media that you talk about? You talk about podcast too. Is that is that part of new media? Is there other elements of that like social media? So new media to me is like live streaming. It's YouTube. It's podcasts. It's a lot of like digital media because I think like the world we're at today, man, like a lot of media is becoming decentralized. You know, it's no longer the big companies and a lot of the big companies are kind of losing trust as it is. So really it's about companies becoming their own media company. And that's really what new media is. It's, it's actually company and consumer driven media. And I think that's the direction we're really headed. You mentioned trust. How do we develop that trust with whether it be a, a prospect, a client, getting ourselves out there? How do we develop trust with this new media? So one of it is first, you know, realizing like, what are you trying to develop trust for? And I, I think a lot of people, they're just like, oh, I just want to get attention. I just want to get noticed. But the point is like, if you're not creating the right positioning and if you don't have the right ideas, then nothing else you're going to do after that matters. So I always tell people first and foremost, like figure out like, what is the thing that you either are known for or want to be known for and make sure it's different from others in your space. Because so many times people, especially now, will just start ripping off other influencers so you have to first and foremost figure out like, what is your thing? Is it that you are going to be about networking and be like the networking guy, whatever that thing is, figure out what that is. And then from there, it's then figuring out where do people consume that type of information? Are there certain podcasts around that? Are there certain websites and blogs people go to? Who are the opinion leaders already there? 
and how are you different from them? So that it, it really starts like that. And then it's developing a media strategy around that. But so many times people are like, all right, I just want to get noticed. And they have this idea that everything they do needs to be about leads and about new business. When a lot of times you have to create the bigger vision and the right positioning to make all that stuff work. So just because you're noticed doesn't mean that people are going to trust you or want to do business with you or Correct. want to even subscribe to you. But you mentioned rip off. What is the difference as people are trying to find their voice between ripping off and benchmarking maybe other people in their space? Is there a difference between that or what's some, some tools you can give us there? There are certain influencers out there, and I'll leave names out of it, that have gotten in trouble legally for basically just taking other people's quote cards and like sticking their name and their face on it and stuff like that when they didn't actually say that. So that's one part of it. And the other part of it is people are looking at other influencers like Gary Vee, like Grant Cardone, and instead of like finding their own flavor and finding their own voice, they're trying to be those people. And I think a lot of times when you do that, you're not giving people a reason to come to you or a reason for people to want to follow you because they're not getting to know you. They've already seen this person. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think so many times that people are sometimes afraid to kind of step out there in their own skin. So they step out there as others. And because of that, you're not differentiating. So I think that's a really, really big issue. So from ripping off, that's kind of the viewpoint I have on it. They want to get to know you. I mean, the, the words thrown out and influenced now, you being authentic, being genuine, being you, instead of ripping off somebody else. It's okay to benchmark against what other people do, but I like that positioning of yourself. So let me ask you, when people get out there, they're trying to market or make a name for themselves, what is the biggest blunder or mistake that people are making right now as they try to get their voice out there? Well, I think it goes back to what we were just saying. Like, they don't know the purpose of it a lot of times. They're just like, oh, I just need attention. Okay, well, that's great because unharnessed attention doesn't really do anything for you. So it's getting clear on, like, the results you actually want and the positioning that you want to get before you go for it. That's honestly one of the biggest mistakes. And the other mistake is, too, is I don't see people really understanding the media world. They just think, like, hey, you pay X number of dollars and you get on that. And it just it doesn't really work like that because sometimes you have to find the right positioning. You have to find the right conversation. You have to find the right way it's going to work. So it's really getting a better understanding of the world that you want to get attention in so that you can get it the right way. Getting connected with the right person and paying them the right amount of money just doesn't work like that. That's true. I mean, you can grab attention with a loud burp, but it's not getting you in the right <laughs> spot for business like or, or positioning yourself or building trust. You got the attention, but it didn't get you any business. So yeah, I guess get away that right. between the two. And we're living in crazy times, you know, with COVID, with automation and things that are happening. How do we balance the human touch versus the automation? Do we balance those? Are we going more towards one or the other? Do we just need to balance both of those? That's a really tough question, man, because I, the world's changed a lot this year, right? And for us, there's just certain things in your business that just need to be done by people. Even the extent of like doing all of our, our team meetings and sales calls on Zoom. So you're at least seeing and interacting with people. But I feel like the further we pull away from that, the harder it is. Honestly, I don't know what you're feeling about this, isn't, but I'm annoyed annoyed as hell of chatbots because I've eventually figured out I'm not talking to a person and it's really annoying. So you want to figure out like where are those like customer facing things? And those are the things that you want to give as much of a human touch as possible. Like there's some things you just can't automate. But honestly, you want to figure out how you can give people more of a viewpoint of real communication, like, hey, you're actually getting communication back, but also the human touch. So like it's very weird, especially this year, but you want to figure out those things. It's been video calls and things like that, but I'm, I'm just not a big fan of like chat bots and stuff like that because they're just, they're not personal, right? 
Oh, I hate the chat box. They're like trying to respond to your questions. Like, dude, you didn't answer my question. You didn't even come close. And they, then they restate the thing that they just said. And it's like, no, I just told you that didn't help me. <laughs> well, that, the chat bots, and then trying to find a, a number to call or someone to help you out. They try yeah. to hide it and they make it hard to find. It makes you more upset. And I well, get it. They're trying I, to I save money, that, but I think it upsets more people than it helps. Well, I, I think that's one thing where businesses have really messed up. And this hasn't just been during like COVID times. This has been probably in the last five or 10 years. They're looking at like, well, how do we streamline our customer service? Honestly, when somebody comes to customer service, it's usually because they're having a problem or they're upset. So it should be higher touch than a lot of people want to treat it. Like if I go to your website and it's a endless series of frequently asked questions and I can't get somebody to solve my question or my, my problem, I'm now angrier than you than I was when I got here. And that's what you really have to think about is you, you're not opening people up to a solution. So it's customer service is one of the worst areas to outsource, but it's what everybody does first. Well, I'm with you on that one. They're trying to save money, but then they're losing profit. They're losing customers, even though it looks good on the, the spreadsheet. It's, it's kind of hard to gauge sometimes how many m people you've lost on the internet because you were yeah. lazy and trying to save money. I'm with you on that one. Well, let me ask you, I mean, you specialize in podcasts and new media. So the average person, the average entrepreneur, where should they start to get their message out there? Is it podcasting? Is it YouTube? Is it social media? Is it a website? Is it all of the above? What do you recommend? Is there a, a strategy for most? So the thing I always tell people, because they always try to like jump up the stairs. And I explain to people that media are stairs. They're not an elevator because people always want to start at the top. The thing that a lot of people aren't considering is what I like to call their small pond. Everybody's a big fish in a small pond somewhere. For me, it was a small town. I grew up in a town that's five-eighths of a mile in size. So like literally nothing happens there, like nothing. <laughs> so you want to find out like what are those small ponds for you? Like your university may have a magazine. Your town may have a small weekly newspaper that goes to everybody's house. Like those ones that get mailed to your house. Uh, ours always comes out on a Thursday. So you want to figure out what those are. Sometimes you walk into your local deli and there's a local newspaper in there that's free and it covers all the news in the local area. Or I live in a lake community. They have a magazine. So you want to figure out what those things are. And that's a really, really great place to start because a lot of times you can just write to them and tell them about a story that, that you want to cover and they'll cover it. Or another strategy that as well that's worked really well for me is writing a press release. And if people want to know how to write a press release, just Google how to write a press release in 2020 by HubSpot. There's a pretty good one. If you write a press release and send it into a lot of these different small publications, the smaller they are, the more likely they are to run it without editing anything. So like local business gets involved in veterans community. That could be a, a great press release. And it talks about what your business is doing because it's newsworthy and it runs in their print edition and also in their online edition. So you're going to get some backlinks. So that's a really, really great place to start before you start approaching other media. Like from there, you start with like some smaller to medium sized podcasts, some maybe some smaller local regional news. And as you kind of keep going up that area, you can get bigger podcasts, you can get bigger media, and you can eventually walk your way up to like a Forbes or an Inc. But there is no elevator to getting to those things. I honestly like to tell people start boots on the ground at the local level and you can create a lot of attention for your business because most people are just totally missing that. That's so true. Local level, they're looking for things to write about. They want to yeah. interview people. They need you. And people are like, oh, why would they talk to me? They want to talk to you. And that's a good thing. Start locally, a small magazine, take them to lunch, whatever you need to do, get your name out there and talk to people. So that's a good step as you start marketing yourself. In fact, let me ask you, as you start marketing ourselves, the average person are pitching themselves. 
What are some of the mistakes or maybe some tips to help out that people make when they're trying to promote themselves? What have you seen in this self-promotion world of ours? What's some of the mistakes and maybe some tips to help out? The first is, and I don't know if this is going to seem like nonsensical to people, but the first thing is really just having like halfway decent design, like meaning like good graphics. It's like really important, honestly, because it shows you more as a professional. It shows you more as somebody creating trust. I've seen so many times that people create this graphic, looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint, and they're wondering why nobody's taking action on what they did. I was that guy seven years ago, so I can't say much. The thing is, like, that is something that's really hurting your trust. So having your graphics and the things you're creating look good is really, really important, but people make that mistake very often. The other thing is, too, speaking above your level of success, because people can see through it. So you really need to talk to true to your level of success and expertise and where you're at, don't talk above where you are. And that's not to downplay people or tell them that you're wrong or whatever, but people can see through that so you're not creating trust, right? right? So a lot of this stuff is about how you're creating trust and how you're showing what you're doing and how you're acting to be believable. If you're shooting holes in that, like you're making any of your own strategy from there and out not work. Got it. So graphics are important. Yeah. The way you talk to people. So is there a certain spot you go for graphics? Because a lot of people that it, Try to save money, especially entrepreneurs. They try to save money, create their own graphics to go. I just paint you mentioned. (laughs) You can (laughs) do it pretty free and and pretty quality in Canva, honestly. We, in the beginning, used Canva for a lot of stuff. Now, most, I think our team does most of our work in Photoshop, but you need like a high level expertise to do that. Canva, you can do it and they give you like so many awesome templates and stuff like that. But that really is one of your first barriers because how people perceive you visually is pretty important. So uh, Canva is great and they're, Free level can let you do most things. I think it's canva.com. It's a good place, good resource. I think Fiverr is even a good spot for a lot of entrepreneurs to go and just pick up someone that can do it for them. And I think that's a big mistake for a lot of entrepreneurs is they just try to save money, do it on their own, but it comes through, like you said. <laughs> Especially when you're not a designer, man. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, you think it looks good, but like people are like, yeah, right, we're not doing business with them. So look professional, be professional when you're pitching yourself. Is there certain things when you're Pitching yourself as far as things that people are looking for that kind of grabs their interest more than other things? Well, the first thing that's really key is being there to teach the audience that's in front of you. So let's say you're approaching a podcast or a media source, like what's in it for the person that's going to be like actually getting the piece? In that case, it's their audience. I think so many times people approach it from, I need you. I want to sell more of my stuff or I want to sell my book or whatever it is. And you're creating an instant resistance to that. So really, it's about like keeping in mind what learning points and what is in it for the people that are going to be receiving your content. And that's going to handle a lot of barriers that are out there initially, because so many times people just come across needy in their pitches, like they need the person that they're pitching to help them, you know, or to give them a license to survive. It's more about, you know, what's in it for the other person on the other side of those earbuds or reading that article, whatever it is. Because that's what, as a host myself, I care about. And as a host, you probably care about is what's going to be in it for the people that are listening to this. And that's a good thing. You know, what's in it for them, obviously, you have to teach and and craft that message. And that's a challenge, too, because I do book promotion. I'm on radio shows doing different things. And and you see it on other shows, too, like in my book and on page 72. Oh, I hate that. And it's tough because you want to promote your book. You want to promote yourself. But you don't want to be cheesy. Or on the show, we call it high lactose. (laughs) Where you're just using what's called anti-suasion to where like, okay, whatever, cheesy. So as we craft our message or or even promote our stuff, how do we do it? That's why we're there without being cheesy. 
without repelling the audience? Because that's kind of a, a balance, it seems like. It's honestly not really a balance. It's be there to, to teach people exactly what you're promising to teach them. You know what I mean? Don't say like, oh, on page blah, blah, of my book. Because I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I hate that. Or on my YouTube video, I talk about, or in my free course, I talk about, or in my paid course, I talk about. When you're there for the time that you're there, be willing to teach for the time you're there. Tell people everything you have to tell them on that topic. Because here's the thing, right? 99.9999% of people aren't going to take action on that because it's pretty complicated what you're telling them. But it's going to create trust in them that you can do it for them. But I find out too many people show up with a scarcity mindset of, oh my gosh, I can't talk about this or I need people to sign an NDA or whatever it is. But when you show up with that scarcity, like you're not creating trust. So it's about really showing up to do for people what you're promising you can do for them. And you're going to find that you're actually going to get more business that way when you actually show up as the expert like you're telling people you can. I like that. You showed up as the expert. You're teaching them something new. And it's almost you have to prove your worth because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to give them the good stuff. Give them the good stuff. Prove your worth. Yeah. Teach them something new. I like that. And that's critical to be able to teach something like that. And too many people are afraid, well, you have to go to my book. You have to go to my book. Well, no, you got to prove your worth first and your credibility. I guess as we're teaching people certain elements as they craft that message, is there a formula or is it just depend on the audience? So I always tell people to, to keep it to three to five teachable points because at the same time, like you can overwhelm people where they, they're not going to get anything out of what you're talking about. So I say usually keep it to like a key three to five key points, but talk about everything you know about those three points that can help people. Don't do it in the way that you're doing it to sound smart because, you know, you'll see people that'll do it to just say the complicated terms they know. Well, you're confusing the people on the other end. So be there to teach about it. Keep it at a level they can understand but don't overwhelm. So that, that's really how I explain it because you'll get somebody on there and they'll use all these complicated terms. They'll get so into the minutia of it where nobody's going to get anything out of it. And that really is the balance is teaching, but not overwhelming. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. I like that because a overwhelmed brain says no, a confused brain says no. And you got to be careful, especially if it's your topic that you're passionate about that just three to five points, keep it simple, teach them something new and prove your worth. I think that's a big one. Prove your worth that you're the expert and people need what you're talking about. So on an average yeah. message, what percent of the time do you use to promote yourself? So you've taught them, you've proved your worth, you had your three to five points. Is it 5%? Is there a magical number as far as, all right, this is what I am. This is what I'm promoting. Is there mm -hmm. a magical number there? There's not really a magical number because like every interview and every media piece you're going to do is different. So like when you and I started recording here, like I asked you like, hey, how can I help your people today? So it's really about like giving that individual show or that media piece, like what's needed. You know what? A, a podcast may ask you nothing about your story. A podcast may spend three quarters of the episode on your story. They may spend very little time on what you have to teach. They may spend a ton of time on what you have to teach. So you have to be willing to be flexible what's needed and wanted for that show and for that content that's being produced. Just be willing to do that. And don't keep bringing the host back to the topic you want to talk about. Let the host guide you. Yeah, I like that too. And always let the host, you know, ask you about your materials, your book, your business, what you're working on. Yep. It seems to flow so much better instead of in my book it on page 72 and go to my website. We see that on the news channel so many times where you're like, okay, cheesy. And it kind of has the <laughs> anti-suasion approach, as we call it, to where you're repelling people more than you're attracting them. So branding, positioning, a lot of different things here. What's the one thing that we've missed here that you want to tell our listeners as far as getting their name out there and being more influential? 
It's going to take a lot more work than you think. I think a lot of people, times people think it's one media piece or it's one podcast and they're going to be like, oh my God, I'm like rolling in the money. It's got to be something you consistently do and you're going to do a lot of and it has to become part of what you do, not just a tactic you're doing. It has to become of your lar- part of your long-term strategy. So that's what I would tell people. It becomes part of your long-term strategy and that's what changed the game. It's not just a single tactic that you do and a hope. If you're counting on that one thing to be the thing, there's something wrong with your business. It needs to become part of your long-term strategy of what you're doing. So it's perfect. Well said. The non-sugar-coated version listeners to where it's going to take some work. We want to do be one and done, go viral with our first YouTube video, our first podcast. And that's not how it is. There's a system involved that takes some strategy. Be consistent. Be consistent with what you're doing. Get your message out there, branding yourself as you promote yourself and influence others. So well said, Jeremy. Thanks for sharing that powerful information, new media, podcast, promoting yourself, positioning yourself, getting your voice out there. doesn't matter what you do. You need to use this media and the internet, uh, by the way, it's not going away, to promote yourself, to influence others, to want to be with you, to want to do business with you. Hey, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, they can find out more about what we do over at commandyourbrand.com or if they're interested in finding out more about really how to, to get featured in media in the right way, I put together a awesome piece for them called The Seven Reasons You're Not Getting Featured in Your Favorite Podcast. And that'll teach them everything they need to know about basic media, also getting booked on podcasts. They can get that over at commandyourbrand.com slash seven reasons. And the word seven or the number seven will work for that. So maximizers, choose one thing to apply. Just get started. Even if it's your local media, get your name out there. This will change your life and make you more influential. Thanks for listening to Maximize Your Influence. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and YouTube under Maximize Your Influence. Or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com to get this episode or to check out the archives. MaximizeYourInfluence.com is also the place for your free Persuasion IQ assessment to see what tools you are missing. You can also get the new addition to Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling, of course, our advanced influence training. Master these skills, learn how to communicate, learn how to influence, and go out and persuade with power.